using scriptural language, to deliver us from darkness into light. That's the beauty of this thing. Sometimes people misunderstand, you know, Christianity is about rules. No, no, what it's really all about is to restore your essential humanity to you, to allow you to become human again, rather than depraved. Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Indo Podcast Show. I'm Isaac, your host, and here with me today is none other than Sean Witzke. Hey, glad to be here. I'm glad you're here too. Um, I realized actually last week that I had never asked you some questions, even though people kind of know you already, but I thought just like we asked Jake some questions, I'm going to ask you some questions. So first one is this, uh, you're a computer guy in some senses. I don't want to label you as computer guys because sometimes computer guy can be a little bit weird. You're like a different kind of computer guy. Anyways, what is your least favorite font? My least favorite font. Uh, it'd be a toss-up between Comic Sans and then um, Papyrus. And what what are the reasons for that? Um, because one Papyrus is super pretentious. Okay. And Comic Sans brings me back to when I was five. Every time I read something, so I just yeah. can't take you seriously. Or when we first got email, my dad had a lime green Comic Sans as his email. Oh, nice. I know, I know. I still I have you, friends. I love you, Dad. <laughs> I still have friends who have, like, they, they like, customize their whole email, like, font, and yeah. they still send it, and I just get this big, like, colorful, bold yeah. text. It's I don't it's like great. it. It's <laughs> um, great. So it's 10 p.m. on a Sunday night. Where are you? 10 p.m. on a Sunday night. Oh, either I'm by the fire reading a book. Oh, get out of here. Reading a book or no, I'm actually, I actually am probably still by a fire, but I'm probably like in like one of my friend's backyards, like okay. having a fire or something. Cool. Yeah. Um, book of the Bible that's really kind of getting to you right now. Book of the Bible. That would be a toss up between Romans and Hebrews. Nice. Yeah. For any particular reason? More so Hebrews because Hebrews really like challenges my faith and my character nice and like brings it back to i guess almost like a reverence for god and how like mm. there's someone who is putting up with me so to speak right you right. know yeah and hebrews kind of constantly reminds me that every single day every single thing i do that is like away from it is like there's grace and yeah. he's pointing out grace on me or whatever and like cool. how we kind of take that for granted mm-hmm. all the time so. so true yeah well anyways we're in a series right now called uh, this is the gospel So this is our second uh, episode in our series of five, uh, which talks about God, man, sin, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, It was awesome to have Dr. John Neufeld on both the first two. So last week he talked about God, and then this week he's actually going to be talking about man. So I got to talk with him, had a conversation with him, kind of about what is the make of man. We kind of touched into sin as well a little bit. Anyways, let's listen to that uh, conversation, then we'll come back. Hey, I'm in the studio again with Dr. John Newfield from Back to the Bible Canada. Hey, John. Hey, good to be here. I'm glad you're here as well. Um, so the next subject in our series is man. Yeah. And when I say man, I, I'm talking about obviously humanity. In in the Old Testament, you know, man is used kind of in the in the sense of that's the name for humanity. Yeah, it's interesting. It's Adam, right? Right. It is. That's it's a, Adam, right? Then, but yeah. it's used so it's and mankind. We, and we say that in our in our world today, you know, it's the best coffee known to man. You know, so we use the same, we use that uh, language as well. So when we read in uh, Genesis, we see the creation of man. Why did God make, who is man? Why did God create man? 
they're unlike any other creature in this in this world. So yes, we are unlike every other thing that God has made. Uh, when we read the creation account, it's the only time that God actually uses the plural. When we last spoke to each other, we noticed God sometimes uses plural when He refers to Himself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in every other thing that God makes, he simply says, let there be. But when he creates man as male and female, he says, let us make man in our image. Right. So in some ways, we reflect fully the image of God. In other words, we're like God in some ways. Of course, in other ways, we're not like God. Right. But in some ways, we actually are. Right. So when you say we are made in the image of God, you're saying that we, we reflect God. In what ways do we, do we re- reflect God? Yeah, we don't look like God. God is spirit. Right. So he's unlike we are in that sense. But we reflect God in a couple of ways. Okay. Uh, God creates out of nothing. Now, we can't do that, but it's fascinating what human beings can imagine and create out of, you know, we call it creativity or mm-hmm. an artistic bent. Yeah. But we have this ability to envision something and bring that vision into reality. Right. Now, for us, the vision and the reality will take some time because we envision things more slowly than God does. But nonetheless, we do envision it and bring it into being. Mm. And in that sense, we're like God. Right. So there's that creative aspect. Absolutely. Okay. Now, we're also relational. Now, we talked about the Trinity last time, so that from all of eternity, God has always been relational. The Father has loved the Son, the Son has loved the Father, so forth, and the Spirit himself is a part of that triune nature of God. Mm -hmm. And we also were created for interaction, for relation, for intimacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And ultimately, we were created to know our Creator in a way that nothing in the animal world can do. We have a bent within us that is just driven to worship. And if we're not worshiping the true God, we're making an idol. And if we're not making an idol, we're creating a human being to be our idol, and we'll actually worship that person. But we have this bent towards worship, and that part is is a part of the image of God as well. Um, In Genesis 2, it talks about the fact that after he made man out of dust— he breathed life, breath into his nostrils. Some say that that is sort of the the uh, aspect of us that's different from animals, that that's sort of the breathing into the spirit or maybe the soul. Would you say that that's right? Well, I think it is. I mean, the word for breath is the, is the, uh, is the Hebrew word ruach, and it's also the word for spirit. So, you know, the Holy Spirit, in, you know, even though he is a real person, uh, sometimes this, this breath, so, you know, God... Spirit is a real person. Now, we have a spiritual dimension to our lives. Yeah. Um, so that's really that whole tendency towards worship. But God has also created us in such a way that even when death will destroy this body, we will continue to spiritually exist. You know, it's not that we are eternal. We are temporal beings, but we are temporal beings who continue to exist spiritually for all of eternity. Right. Okay. Let's just jump into it. Uh, he created man. Could we say that he first created man good? As, as a, it's, they were good creation. I think we can know that from Genesis one thirty one. Yeah. says he created everything and it was good. And in, in fact, in the creation of man as male and female, he says it's very good. It's very good. Yeah. Now, we all know that Genesis 3 happens. Yeah. And uh, let's just talk about that a little bit because I think that's a, that's a tough subject for some. It's the obviously the entrance of sin that affected everyone. 
I want us to imagine a, uh, a mirror, and maybe to make this image work, let's say the mirror is lying on the ground. Okay. And, um, and so we're looking down now at the mirror, and we see a reflection of ourselves. Yes. Now somebody takes a rock and drops that rock onto the mirror, and it, and it splinters. Okay. The mirror still exists. Now imagine you take the rock off, and it's got splinters all over the place. Now you look at your image, yep. and you see it's, it's distorted in many ways. Yes. But the image is still there. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to say is that, yes, we have fallen into sin, but the image has become twisted, yet the image is there. So if we're using some examples, let's say human creativity, and that we have the ability to create something, you know, not out of nothing, but using pre-existing materials, yes. we still, out of our own imagination, create things. But sometimes we create horrible things. Mm-hmm. We create nuclear weapon that can destroy all life in a matter of seconds. So we have this image of God, this creative dynamic that, that is able to make things that are really astonishing, and yet we have twisted it. Right. And now it becomes something that's, that's evil and manipulated. So the image is still there, mm-hmm. but it has become twisted in every way. And so I would say that we are still always in the image of God and therefore special, unique, and something wonderful in every human being. Right. But the problem is that sin has distorted it. So what, what are some of the uh, basic sort of uh, implications or ramifications now uh, of sin in our lives? Well, one of the things I would say would be in the image of God is that all people in the image of God want to th- distinguish truth from error. So we have this drivenness towards truth, Um, and yet at the same time, we find that sin has distorted our drivenness to truth. And so there's this this sin tendency that brings error and a mixture of error into everything. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people now talk about my truth and your truth as if, you know, truth is all about something that I make it to be rather than an objective standard. Yes. So, you know, we've twisted many of the, the things that are in the image of God. I, I would say emotionally, uh, emotions are good, for they reflect joy and sadness and all these other things. But again, emotions have been, you know, we've inserted that into it. And volition, my will to do things, mm-hmm. has also been distorted. So there's no part of my humanity mm-hmm. that has not been touched by that. I, you know, we could talk about our own sexuality, which God has created to be good, right? and yet, you know, you can think about how sexuality has been distorted. Think about an easy thing like rape, for instance. Mm. So, you know, there has this, this human sexual urge that was created so that we would have a lifetime intimacy with one other person. Uh, instead, it's become something sometimes very, very dark. Right. Now, if we just, okay, now go back to the basics of sin again. We read in something like Psalm 51, David say that in sin did my mother... Uh, con, you know, I was out of birth, conceived, conceived right? Um, so it gives this idea in Romans 5, we say that through one man, sin entered into all mankind. Does that mean that every person that's born because of the sin of Adam, is every person that's born, born into this state of distortion? You know, there's an ancient Christian by the name of Augustine who has written, I think, the most excellent personal encounter with himself, mm. Augustine's Confessions, really. I think it's one of the great works of Christian literature. And Augustine wants to make the, the case that, you know, he's never known a moment in which he was not uh, fully bathed in the bathwater of sin. Oh. You know, so it's, it, you know from, from life's first cry, yeah. um, there is this, 
you know, I mean, you know, you get the little child that's now old enough to grab the peas and throw them onto the floor. And, um, you know, it's unsophisticated when we're little, little kids. But, but Augustine tells of this incident uh, when he, as an adolescent, mm. had crawled over a wall and had stolen some pears. Yes, I remember that story. Yeah, and, and he, you know, and of course, they just simply delight in throwing the pears up against the wall, <laughs> you know. And, and what is it, says Augustine, that drove me to do this mm-hmm. outside of a delight to destroy the good creation? So Augustine was able to look deeply into his soul and say, you know, even the, the things that we sometimes in our day say as well, you know, it's just youthful enthusiasm. Augustine says, you know, from birth till death, we've never known a moment where in which we were not in sin. Right. So, and I, that is biblical. That's exactly what David says when he says, in sin, my mother conceived me. Or you've quoted Romans chapter 5. You know, that we are born with Adamic sin. Yes. So that is our only understanding of ourselves. It's so interesting. Adam and Eve knew a world in which they were not infected with sin, but since their time, we've never known that. Right. And we read right in even uh, Genesis 4, and, and God's talking to Cain. He's like, sin is crouching at the door. Yeah. So to all of us now, for all of eternity, pretty much, we're not all of eternity, but on this earth, sin is going to be crouching um, at the door. So I think last week we, we talked a little bit about God's sovereignty, the fact that he is in control and working everything in this world for his glory and for the ultimate, you know, for the good, uh, for his purposes. Um, but now we have sin, which is bending mankind towards uh, distorting the yeah, goodness of and God. And might I even add, yes. sin dehumanizes us. Mm. So we become less than we should be. Right. Uh, so what seems natural to us is is robbing us of our essential humanity and our freedom at the same time. Free to truly be and express the uniqueness of my personality got right. twisted now by something that dehumanizes me. Well, the lie, I think, of our day is that, you know, to really find out who you are, it's to not let anyone else say any. There's no objective truth. That's enough. I get to make up what I believe is true. That's me becoming who I really am. And that's such a... Yeah, the great satanic lie is, if you want to discover your true humanity, dive more deeply into the cesspool of sin, and you'll discover yourself. Yes. Whereas, a matter of fact, when we do that, we discover less of ourselves, and we deceive ourselves even more greatly than we ever have before. Right. Yes. So all, all throughout, I'm reading in First Samuel right now, and up to that point, judges, everything, you hear tons of times where the judges or the kings will say to the Israelites, now, follow the commandments of the Lord because you keep forgetting God. So how can we reconcile in our minds this idea that we are responsible for our actions to obey the Lord our God, but also God is in control of everything for his ultimate purposes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, the question that you're raising is really the question of human freedom. Yes. Um, and I would, you know, people always say, do you believe that human beings are free? And I will always say, we have a bounded freedom. Mm. I mean, an easy example. I mean, I might say to myself, I'd like to visit the planet Pluto tomorrow. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm not free to do that. Right. Um, So, you know, there are many things that I can't freely do, and we all know that. Right. Now, something else has happened. You know, sin has come, and it has disabled some of my freedom. So, for instance, the freedom to worship God in righteousness has been disabled in me. Hmm. I I can no longer do that. And so what I'm finding myself doing is I find myself uh, twisting and distorting the impulse to worship by the worshiping of idols rather than the worshiping of the true God. 
So, so in that sense, how free am I? Right. So, you know, I have this drivenness to worship. So Augustine, again, if I could use him as an example, says, you know, what we have freedom to do, we have thousands of ways of expressing our fallenness, our depravity. Mm -hmm. We freely express it because it's in our hearts to do so. Right. Well, what we don't have the freedom to do is to act in righteousness because we're twisted. So what has to happen is that God has to freely act first. Yes. To give me his righteousness so that I can express freely the worship of God that I was created to do. And I think that's why Paul in Romans 6 and other places, he talks about the the bondage of sin, being enslaved to it. Because there, it conjures up this idea that there, we're not free to, be, to do righteousness. Yeah, for, now for I, I'm free to wish I was. Right. <laughs> so the example that I like to use is imagine that we have someone who's living on the streets of downtown Vancouver, or any other big city for that matter. And they are addicted to alcohol and maybe even to drugs. And in a sane moment say to themselves, if I stopped injecting this poison into my veins, I could lift myself out of these streets. So they say, you know what, I'd love to do that. And their will says, I want to. And then their flesh overwhelms their will and makes them a bondage to the law of death. I'm using biblical language. Yes. And I'm applying that to a real situation so that the impulse of the flesh overwhelms the will. Right. Now, we know of all sorts of people that through help have been able to get their way out of that. Yeah. But there are all sorts of areas in our lives, thousands of moral areas, Mm -hmm. where the flesh and our lower nature constantly overwhelms our will. So people have the desire to do what's good. Right. But they can't pull it off because there is that, that bondage, that slavery that doesn't let me out of the prison. Right. Now, we're all, we're all made in the image of God on this earth. What is God's intended purpose for, for mankind? Yeah. That's, it's a loaded question. Yeah. But what, what is his intended purpose? If he's the creator of us, if I, if I was a painting, my purpose would be to show yeah. the, the world who, you know, show people who, who I am and who my creator is. So what, what is our pur- purpose? Well, it's clear to me in scripture that God created us from the very outset to rule and reign over the works of his hands. We are, in a sense, regents, kings of our own underneath his kingship. Hmm. So we actually were created to, to govern everything that God has made in submission to his will. Okay. So we are lords over the earth in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, in an eternal sense, I'm going to say that God has created the redeemed to rule over all the works of his hands. Now, if you know, just think about how you know, the nature of the physical sciences has told us that the universe is far larger than we'd ever imagined. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to wonder what God has all created, and he has created us with this specific calling, yeah. rule, govern, bring order to everything that I have made. Mm -hmm. Express your creativity Mm -hmm. in such a way that will bring beauty and life and goodness to all that I have made. That's how I created you. So, you know, I mean, this this gives purpose to all of life. I mean, the problem is, 
I mean, as we see, for instance, in our day in which we are wondering, you know, with all the technology that we have, mm-hmm. you know, pollution, destroying of the environment, and we, you know, that, that's become a major topic. So we can't help ourselves. Yeah. So we're creating things, and yet we're wrecking things at yeah. the same time because <laughs> we're fallen. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, we have this noble purpose, and yet we have this underlying darkness in the human soul that keeps on wrecking it. Yeah. Well, even as you're saying that, I'm reminded I was I was just researching a little bit about, you know, pornography and the use of that. There's a quote by a, a researcher that said, uh, I'm paraphrasing it, but he said, we, you know, we're, we're advancing in technology so much, all these different things. And he said, the first thing that we want to do when we create a new piece of technology is figure out how to get porn on this yeah. thing. And that just showed exactly what you said. We were advancing in these things and this creativity but then there's this darkness that's that's right behind it, crouching at the door, ready to show itself. Well, thank you so much, John. That wraps up our time together. But thank you for uh, talking uh, to us about man and, and woman and humanity here. And uh, also for last week. Thank you so much. That was uh, awesome. Just delighted to be with you, Isaac. And that was Dr. John Neufeld talking about man. Creation. He talked about the idea that you know uh, we reflect God in the in the fact that we as humans create. Now, obviously, we're unlike God. We can't just create out of nothing. We actually create out of kind of imagination, something that's already been there. Anyways, I just thought you know you and I are both creators mm-hmm. in different senses, in some same senses, maybe musically and other things like that. But um, yeah, I just want to talk about that about the fact that we actually create and that reflects the image of God. I actually had this conversation maybe like a couple months ago with a friend, Leo actually, who was on the podcast, we actually were talking about how like you can go for a walk and you can like think of a song or think of whatever mm-hmm. or an idea. And that idea might be really cool. And and you actually might be the first person in the universe to kind of stumble upon that idea and comprehend it. Mm-hmm. But in the ultimate end, it's like that was God's idea. Right. And how there is this kind of like, awe kind of that washes over you that's like, wow, I got to discover this thing that like God let me discover about him or about the world or about life. Yeah. And I think it also uh, kind of destroys the pride in you because you realize that no one is actually truly authentic or truly original. It's like God's the... God's the true artist kind of yeah. thing. So that's good to know as artists because we can sometimes be a little bit proud. Yeah. And sometimes just sometimes. Just, right? sometimes. just sometimes. It's actually interesting because he he talked about the fact that sin is sort of the distortion of those good things, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And as you say that, I'm just thinking in my mind, okay, if you're walking down the trail or whatever and this thought pops in your mind and it could be the first thing, but it's put in there by God. Well, there's actually it's impossible to have a new sinful thought because I think all sin is going to be distortion of something beautiful. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. every single sin is not its own thing. It's literally just a distortion of something that actually is beautiful. I remember actually being in um, grade 11 and I was just, I was in a weird, a weird place spiritually. I grew up in a Christian home, but I was just in grade 11. I was kind of rebelling a bit and I, I was just fascinated with the really weird art and uh, I kind of labeled myself as that kind of indie guy that liked really weird things. And I made an album in my bedroom uh, with just like a recorder, uh, not a, not the flute. I mean, like I, I was able, I pushed record on my like player or whatever. And then I started doing weird noises and sounds. I called the album Scounds for some weird reason. I don't know why, but the album, like I, if I listen to it today, it's, it's dark. It's weird. And I, all I can see is like, sure, this could be, like creating some kind of art or reflecting God in some way, but it's definitely this weird distortion of it from this weird, like dark atmosphere. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's interesting on, on how you say that because there's this term called original sin. Right. And how we view sin or or these dark things as like unique in their own sense yeah. when it's like that's there's no such thing as like original sin. Yeah, that's it, right. It, it, in the end, it's kind of ironic. Yeah. But yeah. That's interesting. That's cool. Anyways, um, that wraps up the Indota podcast. If you want to get a hold of us, we would love to talk to you. Uh, all of us would. Sean, Jake, Britt, we can talk to you. If you go to indota.ca, scroll to the bottom of the page, a little button says contact. We will get back to you for sure. And um, yeah, it, it, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, connect with us. Anyways, I'm Isaac. I'm Sean. And this was and is the Indota podcast. The In Doubt Podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's young adult ministry, In Doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.